Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Season 2 of the Ruse and Shine podcast. A season dedicated to practical insights on how to redesign your career and a live experiment to test our insights in real life. Featuring us, the Swedish sisters, Josephine Bruce and Victoria Bruce Olsen. Based in the US and the UK, we share experiences from our international lives and careers. Good morning from Atlanta. Good afternoon from Brighton. Today we have a very special episode in store for you. Yes, you've had a fascinating conversation with global leadership and career coach Vanessa DeFournier. I have. And uh, Vanessa is a great career coach. Mm -hmm. She helps clients in different career stages to bring about increased career satisfaction, business results, leadership skills and well-being. Yeah. So she's gone through her own career change from being part of a larger organization to starting her own business in her latitude. And she's here for a perfect guest this <laughs> season where all of our focus is on career change. Yes, it will be so exciting to hear your conversation. So for all of our new listeners, Victoria and I normally record the Rose and Shine podcast together. But mm -hmm. this time, as I am in the midst of a career change myself, I've gone ahead to dig a little bit deeper in an interview. And, you know, we had lots of connection, me and Vanessa, and you should know, Victoria, we showed up in matching outfits. We were both in black with like gold chains and red lipsticks. So we were oh, yeah. really laughing as we were meeting over Zoom. But anyways, you should keep on listening if you want to learn on how to keep going if you are undergoing a career change and possibly feel that you're losing a momentum. Um, if you want some practical exercises on how to find your purpose and some important insights on finding joy in what you're already doing. I can't wait to hear all about this. Here we go. I'm so happy that you wanted to join us and I'm so happy to have a, a real uh, global career coach and leadership coach on the podcast. So it's amazing to have you here, Vanessa. Thank you so much. So as I mentioned to you in this season two of the podcast, we're all digging into career and career redesign. Mm -hmm. And as I told you when we spoke, I'm a bit on this career redesign journey myself and really exploring what we have said were the four cornerstones of a successful career, which we outlined as a purpose, connection, health and wealth. Mm -hmm. And as we're kicking off, I kind of wanted to start with one, one question. 
do a lot of people in client come to you with this idea of the momentum? Because as you start your career change, you might feel a lot of momentum and a lot of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, dig into this. I'm really going to find my passion and so on. And then maybe speaking for myself, keeping that momentum and keeping like a belief in yourself during a process that might not happen as quickly as you would hope for is really tricky. Absolutely. How does that come up? Yes, yes. Well, thanks so much for bringing that up. And thanks again for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be part of your of your project. So I think what you're mentioning is really interesting in the sense that it's called, I would say, the neutral zone uh, when you talk about managing transitions. And so there is a big author that I love to use, uh, even for my career uh, change related things with my clients that talks about how to best manage transitions. And it's William Bridges. And he used to say he wrote a book called Managing Transitions, where he, he would explain that we, all human beings, independently of, uh, you know, their culture, their background, their age, their gender or whatsoever, when they go through a change, have to uh, come to terms internally with that change for the change to be successful, right? And in doing so, in internalizing that change, we all go through three phases. The first phase is called the ending the ending zone. So it's the moment where you are like grieving, right? You have to accept all of the things that cannot be true anymore in order to continue moving, right? And it's only when you have accepted, listed, come to terms with all of the things, behaviors, material things that you cannot have anymore, given the change that you want to go through, that you can continue moving uh, in the internalization of that change. Then there is a neutral zone. And I think that what you're talking about is your neutral zone. It's that, you know, you in a way made the choice to go through a career change and you know probably because we've spoken about that what it means and the things that won't be true anymore you still want to do it but you still you don't have a clear vision about how things are going to look like in the other side you know it's like as if you had jumped on a boat and accepted to leave your beautiful island and you know you're going to get to a new island but you don't know how it looks like and you're in the middle of the ocean and how do i keep momentum in the middle of the ocean and what do i do while i am in the middle of the ocean. And so that's what he used to call the neutral zone. And the last one is the new beginnings, but I'm not going to develop further because I want to stay in the neutral zone. So I think that there's two things that come to mind that I often invite my clients to do that we can experience here, um, if that resonates with you. Uh, One is to understand that this neutral zone can be as long as you want to or as short as you want to. And that it's a period where the more you explore, the more you, I don't know, go to attend trainings, network, you know, get yourself in movement, the easier it is for you to stay connected with the change. And in this case, it's even easier because it's a change that you wanted for yourself. It's not an imposed change, right? And so it's making sure that you use that moment of being in the middle of the ocean productively so that you can still continue, you know, shaking trees and you can still get some coconuts from which to then make a few choices, right? And the second one, and we can do it now if you want, is to envision that island and is to really, you know, imagine that you got there. So you landed, you are there and you and I are talking and you are telling me how satisfied you are and how happy you are about that specific island and the place that you ended up landing into. And so what I would like us to do now is to kind Mm -hmm. of, I'm putting you in the time machine and fast forward. The trip yeah. is over. It was a very shaky one, but you're there. And now it's uh-huh. been, say, two years in that beautiful island. And you and I are talking again. 
and you are telling me present tense. What's happening yeah. in your life? Ah, oh, fantastic. And now you're putting me on the spot. To, and now you tell, tell me. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Okay, well, so I started to tell you about a dream. So uh, two years from now, I have, uh, we moved, we moved again together with my family. And we have just had our first cohort of um, incredible leaders from across the world um, where they have developed their skills both in terms of, of peace building and the work that they're doing, um, as well as in a full wellness type experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what is happening in your personal life? How are you feeling? What emotions are you experiencing? Mm, so I'm feeling grounded, you know, that we've found a place that is really feeling like home. Um, I am feeling that the the boys are starting to get a little bit more. There's not nappies anymore, at least, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they are happy with their schools, their setting. Um, my husband and I are really kind of thriving, enjoying this uh, business together. And the business is successful. Mm. So if we were going back to, to your four pillars of this, you know, uh, managing career change and how to think about career change, how is this dream against those four pillars that you mentioned to me? You know, health, wealth, and the pillars that matter to you. In, uh... No, I feel like it's very well, very well connected because it's bringing my, my different areas, my different passions together um, while also leading like a healthy um, lifestyle. Um, but still making money in the meanwhile. Of course, of course. So I have one question and one suggestion for you. Fantastic. And so my question is, as you were telling me, you know, about this emotions and reality, you know, once your dream has turned true, uh, did you feel or do you feel that that just hanging in, you know, keeping that memory of, of what you described to me of the emotions being experienced of your kids you know, of, of having an impact on others, uh, a sense of accomplishment. Do you feel that that could help you better navigate the neutral zone? Do you feel that just being clear on that vision of success can be useful to navigate the difficult times and of uncertainty and not knowing exactly and not having all answers? Um, absolutely, that helps. I do think that I could when you said this question, I could potentially have said three different future scenarios. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if this is one dream, right? I could have, like, there could be different things. Um, but yes, on the big picture, I do think that having that visualization and that idea of, of how, the, how I will feel, how the kids will feel, and also just seeing actually what I will do, it concretizes things a lot. Yes, yes. And I think that that leads me very well into my, my suggestion. And it is, so when, when we do this exercise very often, knowing that you maybe are playing with different ideas in mind, that is not maybe that business model, maybe you're an employee, maybe, then that would bring you to like pull back the camera and extract when you're thinking about your vision of success, not so much like the what, but more what is true thanks to that in my life, meaning in terms of, you know, wealth, of emotions and how I feel about my life, about your values being, you know, living in alignment. So, for example, you mentioned you. So probably you would have transformed it into something that would have sounded like 
you know, we are making an impact and, and helping leaders reconnect with their inner self so as to be at their best in the work they do for a noble mm-hmm. cause. I'm making this up, you know, or impact. we're making so an impact. We are feeling grounded. We are having the financial resources that we were expecting to have, whatever. And with that in mind, I would say that one, and that's the suggestion, uh, and it's something that I actually do uh, with, uh, with leaders when we are, for example, working on their vision and strategy, would be to maybe use a neutral zone to come up with a vision and strategy, meaning to become clearer about your vision and how the success look like when you are on the other side, uh, when you have landed, and then to think about, okay, so where am I starting from? You know, what's my current reality? vis-a-vis, you know, that, that vision of success. What are, for example, key obstacles that would make it difficult for us to get from where we are, for me, to where I want to be, knowing that this where I want to be is a series of statements about how I feel, you know, what's true in my life financially, what's true in my life for my family. And then how can I go about building that vision of success? So what would be a few strategic pathways to focus on? And then we would elaborate a very concrete strategy for you, my client, to move Mm. from where you are to where you want to be. How does that resonate? No, I mean, it resonates a lot and it resonates with the, you know, with the kind of the cornerstones that that Victoria and I have discussed. And it resonates with kind of bringing in the purpose and, and of course, making that purpose more clear. And that really relates to the conversation on on values, um, which I feel like you're, you're really bringing up with both the vision and with strategy and then seeing the the impact that you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, that's super important. And that would probably be one of the values that I would would seek to to have and and clarify. Mm -hmm. And actually, when when we spoke, you mentioned something that um, the later the people approach you in the career, often they are less aligned with their values. Yes. And I thought that was such an interesting insight. Absolutely. And we spend so much time trying to bring them back to who they truly are, you know, and reconnecting with what really matters to them before they started to make money, before, you know, this and that. And there is, um, I mean, we spoke about it, but there is this, um, um, you know, this other exercise that we, we can do to make sure that you bring the value, the value question to, to the equation is the ikigai so using the Ikigai philosophy, the Japanese Ikigai philosophy for harmony, uh, to help people think about what that next step could be. And so it's really going through, you know, identifying not only what you most like doing uh, and trying to. And, and that in itself takes a lot of time because it actually means going back to all of your work experience and trying to think about those moments in your professional life where you were in flow. Where, you know, you were going to work and you wouldn't see the time passing by. You were just excited and happy to be doing whatever you were doing and trying to put the finger into what is it that I was doing? You know, was I talking to people? Was I teaching? Was I, I don't know, doing Excel sheets? Was I, what exactly was I doing that I would Mm -hmm. make me feel so happy? The second piece is to identify the things that you really, really are good at. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so for some people, that exercise is difficult. And so in that case, instead of thinking for yourself, you would think about what would my colleagues say about me? You know, if I were asking my clients or my boss, what would they say? What am I really good at? What makes me really different from others? Then looking at your values. So what do I most care about or what are my non-negotiables? So, for example, I don't know, for me, making a difference matters a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I have what I do has to have an impact so that we live in a better world. That's a value, right? And so, kind of coming up with for some people, learning is a value. You know, growing is a value. And so, being clear about your values, and then fourthly, looking at what the market needs or where the market market is ready to pay for. And when you match all of those four things, you could see what's at the intersection and then start further analyzing what next steps you can take to make that um, next step a reality. How does that sound? That sounds good. And I, and, and I um, first of all, we talked a bit about Ikigai, so I'm happy that you're bringing it up because I think, and I'd love if you soon wanted to explain a little bit more to the listeners, the kind of the background around, around that, the Japanese philosophy. Um, I've been, so I've been working on these exercises myself. And I think that a lot of our listeners have been. I like the, what are the market ready to pay for? Because obviously that's super important. Do you have any ideas on how to really concretize that part of the of the research? If you're doing this work for for yourself, you know you found this. I really like, say, I really like standing on a stage. I really like bringing back content. I really like doing all of these things. Where do you then start looking for? I mean, in some extent, it's obvious, but in some extent, it might be trickier to know where to start. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me see if I, I heard you well. So what you're saying is that say that you put the finger into something that excites you, that you're good at, that is aligned with your values, and then you're like, okay, so how do I go about figuring out if the market would pay for that? Is that what you were saying? Yes, and and maybe now you're rephrasing it back to me. My question for me, the answer often ends up in a very kind of, and and maybe that's just because of the values that I have and what I choose to focus on. But it's very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. It always ends up in creating something <laughs> on on my own or together with others. But it's not necessarily a um, current position that exists out there. Or at least that's not always so easy to find. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it would be something that has more to do with inventing, you know, reinventing yourself and putting yourself out there with a new project, right? Mm. So... That's a very good question. I mean, there's many different ways um, in which we tackle those. And actually, I have more and more of those clients, of those like corporate clients who are tired actually of corporate and who have figured out that they actually want to leave their passions and want to leave them in a way that makes them also just make money through their passions. And so, I mean, there are several things that we do, and I'll mention a few and see if one resonates. Um, So first of all, I think that indulging into exploration is a critical path of career transition. And so I I would always say, you know, just have fun going to the web and looking at what people are doing, you know, and go to our best friend LinkedIn and typing keywords that resemble what you are envisioning and see what comes out of it. And really have fun, as in if you were an anthropologist looking for, you know, what this looks like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So use LinkedIn, you know, go to the web, type it in and just bring in all the information that you can find. Often, very often, actually, it's very interesting for the most, you know, weird types of jobs or unusual, to put it that way, you end up finding something and you will find this person who is actually doing that and it's another country and whatever. And I often Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, you know, talk to that person. Yeah. You know, contact them and ask them. I love that because I actually did that like two weeks ago. (laughs) Now, this is a bad example because that person hasn't come back to me yet. But I I literally wrote to them and I said, I I think that you have my dream job and I'd love to have a chat. Yeah. Um, 
normally, I have actually had loads of success with that in LinkedIn. Now, in this case, this person hasn't answered. But, um, but I think it's a great tip. I will say don't take it personally, but people are busy. I mean, they have other fish to fry. It's okay. But I think that uh, that's one thing that I often have them do, which is very interesting because I find that uh, either they end up finding people who have some type of similar job and then they get information and they can further refine and define how that would look like, or there is no one. And then the quest becomes completely different. And it's about, can I really put myself out there and come up with something that is maybe not so common which means uh, then becoming clear with myself about, am I actually ready to be an entrepreneur, you know, to actually go on, a, on this like more, for some people, difficult path of having to just sell myself, you know, come up with a business proposal, look at what the market is offering, look at the competition, coming up with prices. And so that would be another path of coaching in which we would analyze, for example, personality times. You know, when someone tells me or assumes that selling is something that they could never do, I would spend some time exploring there. Is that an assumption grounded to which extent? Mm -hmm. Or is that a reality? Really, this person will never be a good seller. And then how do we go about it? You know, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, there's not a one single answer. It's depending on the person, you know, we're going to be opening a lot of different doors. For some, I'm going to be sending them to read a book on how to become an entrepreneur, simply put, or follow like an online class with Harvard on entrepreneurism Mm -hmm. and see how that resonates. You know, if that sounds like something that they would really feel excited by. And then if so, then we would, you know, further analyze what and how and how to make it a reality and what financial caution they might need and so on. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What about, uh, I have so many questions <laughs> to follow up with, um, but what about when you are, so going back a little bit to the neutral water, like doing all of this, because that's what you're recommended, right? That yeah. Taking the time during the neutral water, if you haven't done it beforehand, maybe where the career change started, but you're in this neutral water, you're doing all of those things. Um, meanwhile, Maybe this is hard to give a recommendation on, but meanwhile, there are a lot of people that are in that neutral water but actually don't have a job right now. 
because they are in a corona type situation with a lot of people laid off and, and so on. So do you also work then with kind of self-esteem and, and how to keep that going during that time? Yeah, definitely. And actually, well, to be honest, right now I am not coaching. Uh, I have one client who is not working and um, most of them are working, but are not happy with their work. And in several cases, uh, the piece of uh, on self-confidence and self-esteem is critical uh, because whether you have a job or not, you have to trust yourself enough to make a jump or to position yourself because even getting out of a job requires you to put yourself out there, to get out of your comfort zone, to sell yourself, you know, to speak up for yourself, to rebrand yourself, to... And it requires a lot of confidence, you know, at least a minimum level of confidence that allows you to project the image that you want to project about yourself. And so obviously um, right now and you, when you don't have a job, it's much harder to trust mm-hmm. yourself. Uh, so my invitation is often for my clients to focus on the things that are under their control fully. So, you know, you can't control, you know, the environment, you can't control what's going on right now, but you can control how you react to that, right? And so there is a piece of of work that really includes recognizing the thoughts and becoming very aware, almost friends with those thoughts that, you know, are present day in and day out. And I will invite them, for example, to self-observe, take notes for a few weeks about what are the main thoughts that are, you know, making my days difficult right now? You know, where are they coming from? What are they telling me? You know, what's the soundbite that is coming uh, most frequently? And to try to see and analyze that soundbite and be like, okay, so how true is that? You know, kind of challenge that. Um, Recognizing that our thoughts guide our emotions and our emotions guide our actions. So in a nutshell, if you're thinking that you're useless, you know, you've been out of the market for six months, nobody's going to ever want to look at your CV, it's a disaster. You can only feel drained, sad, lack of confidence. And there, the most probable result is an action or wrong action. But clearly, you're not going to be very inclined to do anything versus you reworking on your thoughts. So once you acknowledge that thought, that is the most pervasive one and the one that weighs the most on you, it would be about reframing you know, your thoughts. So it's not about making that one disappear because it's there, but it's mm-hmm. being able to acknowledge it, say hello you know, be welcoming, but not allowing it to take over and then bring another thought of something that you believe to be true as well about mm-hmm. the current situation. And that would allow you to be in a better emotional space. So it could be something as simple as I'm not alone. There is a lot of people in my situation right now. We're all in the same boat and things will eventually get better, you know, and so I may as well do something to position myself when things get better. And, and it needs to be something that you fundamentally believe in. It cannot be like, everything is okay, the sun is out, you know, the word, no, that wouldn't work. So something mm-hmm. that you believe to be true, or it could be something like, I was successful in the past, you know, I had a few good jobs and, you know, I know that I have these skills and at some point they will be valued again in the market so that you can be in an emotional space that is at a minimum, you know, neutral. Mm. And that allows you to take action. And that allows you to then, you know, have a conversation, put yourself out there. Obviously, your your pillars on, on just health, taking care of yourself mm-hmm. are critical. So we would work also on how do I take care of myself during this neutral zone? How do I, you know, take care of my sleep, of what I eat? How do I keep my energy levels as high as possible? 
Uh, how do I manage, you know, when I feel triggered, you know, when those thoughts come and I feel the stress coming or the fear or the what can I do in the moment to bring myself back to a place of emotional stability that allows me to keep moving? Because the idea is at a minimum to stay active. Yeah, no, absolutely. That resonates so much. And and going back to the idea of the thoughts, well, another tip and, and exercise is just to maybe set the alarm for three times a day and check in. What am I thinking at this point? And how does this make me feel? And mm-hmm. then I loved your idea also that it doesn't have to be that you then need to shift it completely into like, I'm a rock star, but just going to even just something in the past that has worked for you and bring that up and, and remember that feeling. Because it's, um, I mean, I keep on reminding myself, I mean, thoughts are just thoughts. Yeah. It's not necessarily the truth at all, but they make us feel great or they make us feel quite bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and your thoughts are also based on where you are at the present moment, you know, what lens you're wearing, you know, where what your situation is. So it's uh, something that can be very easily challenged. I mean, Alexandre Caillet is a leadership coach uh, who has um, explained and wrote a lot of things about that relationship between thoughts, emotions, and actions. It's called the thinking path. And I always mm-hmm. refer my clients back to that. I think it's a beautiful tool. It's a very easy one to really be able in the moment to, you know, change your actions by just doing a small change on your thoughts. Uh, there is another a person, Tara Brack. Uh, she's uh-huh. a mindfulness guru. And she talks about that process as well of, you know, just recognizing your thoughts. And, and, and she adds a very beautiful element to it that, that I love which is recognize your thoughts in a non-judgmental way. Mm-hmm. So it's not to beat yourself up even more. It is just to be able to say hello, acknowledge that they're there, that they might take over if you don't do something about it and move on, you know, and come up with something more positive that allows you to be in motion, to be in action. Fantastic. So I was, we'll do a recap, I think, in the end of all of the great resources that you have uh, shared. And, and we can also put that on, on the LinkedIn page for the podcast so that people can can follow. Um, before leaving the Ikigai exercise, you, you mentioned the four different steps. So if someone is now in the in the position of being in the neutral waters, they're now going through, that is one of the exercises that you would potentially start start them with? Do the Ikigai exercise? Or how would you recommend that our listeners would would use this exercise? Well, it really depends. Again, it's not like a one size fits all. It really depends on, on the stages of, you know, development and of the thoughts that the person finds him or herself on. But it could also simply be... So the Ikigai really is something that I use at a moment where the question, for example, of, but I'm not really sure what to do. You know, I'm not mm. sure what should be my next step. Some people come in with a very clear idea. They're just afraid of making the jump. Some others mm-hmm. come and they know they want to change, but they don't know at all what's next. You know, they they know that they want, it should be different, but yeah. they forgot what they like. They forgot who they are because they've been working for 15 years doing the same thing. And so they don't even know, you know, how to reconnect with themselves. And so the Ikigai comes very handy because it brings all of those different entry points, you know, but I may also at the same time have them do a personality assessment so that they reconnect with what is it that they do without thinking? What is their comfort zone? What does it mean in terms of the types of jobs that they would mostly be inclined to do? And then how, what do I do with this information? So I bring in 
different tools at the same time that, you know, can resonate and that that can just, it's like opening different doors until you find a little treasure. And we often open several doors at the same time uh, so that people start making connections. Wonderful. And then, so you do that exercise, or if if one does that exercise and and, and you identify, um, obviously that could be lead to a lot more than than one career change or one possible scenario, as I mentioned to you in the start, right? Like I could land now in three different for sure. Um, that could be like a good vision for the future. So how um, how would you go about that next uh, step? Yeah, there's two things that come to mind. One tool that I love using is very simply put the mind mapping. So say mm-hmm. someone has landed into three options, we would use a session to do some mind mapping around the three options. So, you know, the mind mapping is just helping them with questions, further explore each of those options, you know, in a way that then gives them actions to take regarding each of the options. And that would allow them to then exclude what doesn't work. You know, I've Uh even done that with my daughter, who's eight years old, um, Uh because she was very concerned. Oh, my God, I don't know what she sees at home. But she was telling me that she was worried because there were so many things she liked that she didn't know, you know, what she would do when when (laughs) she grows up. (laughs) And so I had bought like a mind map, you know, with little post-its and so on. And we sat. Uh And so it was different. Obviously, she didn't have the ikigai. So I would say, okay, so what are the things that you most like doing, Maya? And she's like, well, I love animals. I love spending time with animals. Oh, okay. So I would write animals. So what about animals? What do you like about animals? Why being with her? Oh, I love caring for animals. Oh, okay. So what options are there in terms of caring for that? Maybe being a veterinarian. Oh, okay. So how could you go about knowing more about that profession? You know, how would that, oh, maybe I can talk to a veterinarian. Okay. So, and then you bring it to something very concrete that allows the person to take it a step further. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems very simple, but it is so helpful. And the other thing is that when you do the Ikigai, you will probably have three different options. And one will be, for example, something that tells you that, ah, okay, I know I love doing this. I have the skills, it's aligned with my values, but it's so poorly paid. So I'm going to give you an example. I love helping others. I love doing humanitarian work or grassroots work or whatever. You know, I'm very good at that. It completely aligns with my mission, our values of helping and making a difference. But, you know, I'm making this up. NGOs pay so poorly. Ah, All right. So what do we do about this? So then I would... So A, what are you able to compromise? You know, how important is that for you? You know, what's the minimum income that you have to make? Are NGOs the only solution? Can we think about any other type of employers where you could maybe find? So we further explore each of those options. We peel the onions. So I really call it peeling the onions. Or I love doing that. It's totally aligned with my values. It pays very well. And I don't have the skills. Ah, okay, great. Let's look into that. You know, what skills are missing? How can we go about it? What courses are available out there? And so on. So it's really an exploratory work that I do with my clients. I'm not telling them what to do. I'm just asking them questions and helping them think through what's next. Oh, that's wonderful. And m- many questions come to mind. One of them is, so after you've done the, the coaching with your clients, I mean, do you feel, what are then the biggest obstacles for people? I mean, do they take the step? And I mean, not just as for you as a career coach, obviously, but more in terms of, just people in general, do you feel that there's still a lot of we stay or or we, we take that step? No, I've seen a lot of people taking the step. I mean, yeah. uh, very often the biggest obstacle is fear, fear of the unknown. And so I think that, uh, you know, coaching helps you uh, 
measure what's true and what's not. You know, we have lots of assumptions about things. And so testing those assumptions and coming to terms with what should really scare you because it's true, it may happen. And if it happens, how would we go about it? Uh, mm-hmm. And so, no, I've had several clients taking the step and, and, and you know, just finding joy in their next chapter of their life. Mm-hmm. And I also have had clients who realized that they were actually ready. You know, that what needed to be compromised was just too much and that they weren't ready for that. And it's okay, and it's important to honor that as well. And there's nothing wrong with it. And maybe that also helped them to find more peace, um, peace, exactly, with what they were currently doing because they could see that it's fulfilling some of my main values and therefore I can happily stay here. Definitely, Um, definitely. And what about joy? And especially so, I mean, of course, I think a lot of people, I would assume a lot of people that are going to a career coach are wanting to go through change. They're looking for a lot of different things, but joy would possibly be one of them. What about finding joy in what you already have and in the current position that you're in? Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's making your job a calling. Um, And we talk about that as well. I think that, uh, you know, for several clients, it is just, you know, having been doing the same for many years or not having the, you know, the recognition because some of them would work in very bureaucratic places where, you know, climbing the ladder takes time. And so you feel that you're stuck in a position that you're not learning. And so, I mean, when that happens, I really help them think about how can I make my job a calling? You know, how can I? So there is a mindset piece to that. So it's really controlling your emotions and putting yourself in the right mindset so that you are able to embrace the things that your job does offer you and to be grateful for that. So that's uh-huh. the mindset piece. And then there is a very practical piece about what else could be true with that job. You know, how can I reinvent that job in a way that brings me joy again? So, and it could look like, depending on the personality, how can I do tasks differently so that as to challenge me on, you know, this or that skill? Or what else can I learn? How can I, you know, use that job to grow as a person or to grow in that skill or how can I, so there's many ways for you to recognize. And again, depending on the person and what the issue is, because, you know, joy or the lack of joy can come from many places. It can be because your supervisor is not the supervisor that you would like. It can be because you don't have the right incentives or you're feeling that you're not being paid enough, or it can be because you've been doing the same for many years. So depending on what it is, we would again, use different approaches because like you, I believe that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you should get some joy out of it. Otherwise, I mean, it's 80, 90% of our days today, you know, in, in most of the cases. So, yeah, I like that because it's also reinvent, as you said, reinvent what you do. And I was thinking, I mean, one of the things that I've been writing down in my notebook a lot of the time is to not spend so much time in the, in front of the computer, mm-hmm. right? That feels like something that is okay. I don't want to do I really want to have a career that I'm so bound in front of the computer? And to some extent, yes, because a lot of the things that I'm choosing, especially now in a virtual world, is connecting with people like this. And this, of course, brings me a lot of joy. But I could also, maybe not when recording podcasts, but I like the idea that could I challenge myself to do more of my job while hiking, for example? Or, you know, could I challenge myself bringing my job with me into things that I actually like the more, which would, you know, maybe more phone calls rather than sitting in front of the computer and maybe finding software system that would enable to, you know, record or it exists already in our phones while doing that and, and kind of pushing us into new ways of doing 
old things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in a way, also extracting yourself. It's putting back the camera, looking at the forest and not only at the trees. is also a very, mm-hmm. a very nice way uh, to think about how can I bring joy to my work again. So I always like the example of, you know, the people who I had, you know, a cleaning lady uh, in my previous uh, corporate world that would come up and clean the offices after work. And I was amazed at how happy she was. You know, she was always smiling always kind and you could see she was you know listening to music and going around and doing her cleaning and I'm like and day in and day out I'm saying day in and day out and we obviously developed some relationship because I had the bad habit of staying late at work before transitioning (laughs) to this new life and once I asked her I'm like this is amazing how do you do this I mean you're always so happy and cheerful and this is you know and she said you know because I know that what I do allows you to do your job better And at that time, I was working for the Inter-American Development Bank, so for a multilateral development bank. And she's like, and I know that what you're trying to accomplish is to, you know, help poorer countries develop. And so for me, if you can come yeah. in and, and I'm like, wow, right? <laughs> What a yeah. lesson. I mean, how pulling back the camera, you know, my job is not cleaning. My job is allowing someone else to be happier and then to have a stronger impact in the, in the world. So helping yeah. clients also, you know, extract themselves and see what else is true about their, their jobs. I think that's such a good reminder and such a good lesson. That's beautiful. So pulling it back maybe to the first, what you mentioned in terms of the uh, end, what was it called? The, the three phases, the end. Uh, the ending zone, the neutral zone and the new beginnings. And the new beginnings. So maybe wrapping up and ending up a little bit in the in the new beginnings, if you just want to. Talk us through that next step. And because I'm sure there's some turmoil, maybe even in the new beginning. I love that you say that. It is so important. So, yes, I mean, so in essence, once you are able to grieve and come to terms with the things that couldn't be true anymore, behaviorally or material things or so on. Uh, and then you, you know, went through the neutral zone and used that period to shake a lot of coconuts and, you know, really explore and learn and reskill and be open. Then you're ready to embrace this new reality. And let's say the new reality is there. And actually spending enough time thinking about, as you said, yes, this is what I wanted. And it is still change, you know, and I'll give you my example to wrap up. When I moved from corporate to being a coach and then becoming an entrepreneur, I have been, had been 15 years working for very large uh, corporate or public or private enterprises. And I never thought about some behaviors that I would need to exhibit in my new life as an entrepreneur And those were the hardest and I had not anticipated them. So part of that is joy and embracing the fact that you were there. But part of that is also preparation to what are the things that I will have to do differently to be successful in this new beginning? So, for example, for me, I had to relearn how to be super flexible and very inventive because all of a sudden I didn't have a salary. At the beginning, you launch, you know, your company and you're trying to get clients. And therefore, anything such as parking in private parkings, you know, having expensive meals with a client, all of those things were out of the window. And so I had to reinvent myself and it's, it may sound very mundane, but to me it was a big change because, you know, Washington DC is a relatively big city. And so starting to take the metro, you know, finding ways to network that weren't so expensive, making sure that I maintain, for example, a tribe, not having anyone around me. So becoming much more proactive about actually having a network to rely on when you are alone all of a sudden and you don't have your teams and the people who know you. So it is as important to get ready for the new beginnings than to manage the endings. So to spend time anticipating, so this is becoming true. 
I am now launching my company. What is this going to request from me? You know, okay. what are going to be the difficulties? Obviously, a lot of excitement. And I need to know that this and that and that will happen and I need to be ready. So we also spend time doing that. I love that. And it's so, so true to really look inwards and, and connect with your own. Because you, like you said, in the beginning, you, you look at your values, look at all of those big things. But then it actually comes down to quite practical behavioral changes that uh, and, and that are sometimes might feel like turmoil and loss. But then sometimes it's also, OK, well, actually, I can do this in a completely different way. And and you're reinvented, which is great. Yes. Uh, I think this has been such a lovely conversation, Vanessa. I could speak with you uh, <laughs> for, for a really long time. And I, I hope I, I will be able to afterwards. Um, but so for anyone that's now going through this career change, we've talked about the um, the zones that we just that you just talked about. We talked about, you know, the idea of really making sure that you have a vision and a strategy and you can develop that while you are in your neutral waters. Um, the Ikigai exercise. It's a book um, called Ikigai. I don't have yes, to, yes. I'll put. I can give you. All, we'll put. We'll put all the resources then online. Perfect, perfect. And then I loved another concept that you brought up, and that was, I think you said, indulging in your career change or in, indulging in in your, you know, and and just going into LinkedIn, for example, and explore your your kind of key have fun, yes, roles and have fun. I thought that was such a beautiful uh, way. And then looking more into our our mindset to our thinking to keeping that self-esteem going and to be aware of our our thoughts along the way Mm -hmm. and then exploring maybe options by doing mind mapping so letting your your mind go a little bit wild have i in like one minute managed to (laughs) (laughs) wonderful okay so we'll um and if people want to connect with you afterwards uh, where do they find you are you open for coaching definitely um, please I mean they can contact me via LinkedIn I love uh, being in touch with a new clients and then just if they have questions as well I love expanding the network and obviously you know helping people find their passion and, and find a way to get there wonderful so connect with uh, Vanessa de Fournier or how do you say it in French in a nicer way Vanessa de Fournier <laughs> <laughs> So connect with Vanessa on LinkedIn and we will also um, let you know all of the, the resources that you can have to contact. Thank so you thank so you much, so Josephine. Much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Vanessa and Josephine. So some resources were mentioned. Where can they be found? They're available on our website, ruseandshine.com. And there are some really fantastic resources. So do look them out and also check out Vanessa Defonier on uh, her LinkedIn page. Yeah. And if you like this episode, please share it with one more person that might like it as well. Because that is how we grow and reach more people and can continue to create this content for you. Yes, so thank you for listening. Find us on LinkedIn, Victoria Rose Olsen and Josephine Roos or on our website, Rose and Shine and make sure to connect with Vanessa. Bye, take care. Bye, take care, ciao. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.